another installment of The Conspiracy Skeptic. I'm your Conspiracy Skeptic, Carl Mamer, and with me today is my uh, special guest, Paul, Paul Gansel. I, I said your name right, Paul? That's correct, yes. Okay, yeah. You know, I've been uh, kind of talking with you. I guess it started on the Skeptic's Guide to the Universe board? I think even before that on PenFans. Wow. I, okay. I'm not, I'm, not even, I'm not sure if we ever, if I, if we ever directly talked, but I know I was on PenFans when you were. And I think we both moved over to Skeptics Guide around the time the Penn's radio show uh, ended. Wow, okay. That's going back even further then. Holy. Yeah. And, uh, but, but I've never never really, uh, you know, I've always seen your last name and just, you know, mentally kind of go, Paul, that guy. <laughs> actually, yeah. I've never heard your your voice before and I'd never heard your last name pronounced properly all right and uh right so did you did what was your uh what was your nickname on uh, on the sgu board I, I think i went by my real name oh okay all right then you're, you're not on the sgu board anymore no no not for a while okay so what's uh so paul what's your what's your sort of involvement with with, with skepticism uh well i mean i was just uh sort of involved in the SGU boards early on. And then uh, after that, I, you know, I just became friends with a lot of skeptics. And at the moment, I'm not really involved in any of the skeptical groups. But I, you know, I like to keep in touch with uh, the skeptics, read the blogs, things like that. Okay. And you're, you, you, you listen to The Conspiracy Skeptic? Oh, yeah. Okay. I've been uh, listening for a long time, actually, oh. since it started. Oh, cool. So this is actually kind of a, one of those uh, listener shows I sometimes like to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, you you always have very uh, you always email me and always have very sort of good comments and you're uh, you're not a uh, you're not sort of a uh, a yes man either. You're always you always sort of like you're like I don't I don't think you're right about this actually or that point your guest made. I don't think that was right. So uh, I kind of always appreciate that you have very different uh, you have sometimes a different approach to things. Oh, that's what skepticism's about. Well, exactly. Yeah, remember uh, you're you're on my Facebook as well. We're we're Facebook friends, and uh, remember we we were having a little debate about something, and my sister was kind of like, "Who the hell is this guy? Like, why do you let him talk to you that way?" And or something. And I'm like, "It's like you know, Lisa. This is just the way people. You know, this this just people debating. You know, it's not like he's not going to come and stab me, and I'm not going to stop talking to him or just you know debating over something i don't even remember what it was but i i don't think my sister was quite quite understood the uh you know the the skeptic way yeah i mean to, to me i can't even no conversation i've ever had with you even registers on the on the uh, animosity scale so <laughs> i couldn't even think of a, a, a situation that that would be applicable to okay i thought you might ever gonna just stop it there no conversation I ever had with you registers they'd be like <laughs> oh gosh uh, yeah well that would be kind of par for the course with <laughs> with my life anyways all right so um and where where do you where do you live in the world uh, i live in berkeley california okay are you are you from california no, I'm from Massachusetts, but um, I'm I'm out here for graduate school. Okay, what what are you studying studying out there? Uh, physical chemistry. Wow, is that like sort of like what what what's physical chemistry? It's not like physics. Uh, it's pretty much like physics. Okay. I mean, the the lines are fairly well blurred between many of the disciplines these days. So, physical chemistry is sort of physics done by chemists and chemical physics is chemistry done by physicists and there are all sorts of overlaps. Uh, specifically what I do is I um, work with uh, nuclear magnetic resonance. So if you ever had an MRI or something like that, right, uh, right. It, I, I work on things like that. I, right now I'm building uh, an atomic magnetometer that can detect minute uh, magnetic fields and then we do some... Um, uh, pulses. Uh, we apply certain magnetic fields to samples and get chemical information about them. Wow! You, you don't. Yeah. Have you encountered any mass spectrometry? Uh, yeah, I used to do mass spec. 
Oh, okay, yeah. That's that's what my dad. Well, my dad's kind of retired now, but that's before he retired. He was sort of ran a sort of mass spec lab. If you look up my last name, but uh, uh, but you know, not my first name, and mass spectrometry on let's say like um, uh, PubMed, you'll probably see a lot of papers by my dad. Anyways, okay. Um, all right. So, what's your uh, what's your what's your what's your favorite conspiracy? Oh, my favorite conspiracy! I don't know. They're all they're all pretty terrible. But, uh, so you know, actually, before the favorite conspiracy, <laughs> I should ask you the Korean questions. Uh, the uh, how old are you? Uh, are you married? I guess we we know what uh, you do. You're a student. All right. So how right. how old are you, Paul? I'm twenty four. Twenty four. Wow, young fella. And uh, well, compared to me, forty, almost forty four. <sighs> Twenty years difference. Anyways, all right. And uh, and are, are are you married? Well, that depends if you ask my girlfriend or my wife. Get different answers. <laughs> bada boom, bada bing. <laughs> uh, no, I, I am. You you uh, you are married? Uh, yeah. Well, that's what the state of California says, anyway. Oh, okay. You've just been with your girlfriend such a long time that they uh, they. No, they... I mean we had a ceremony, but. Oh, okay, cool. All right, well, congratulations. <laughs> All right, but no, no children though yet. No, not that I know of. Better boom, better bing. All right, cool. Okay, sorry, Paul. All right, so uh, and and what is uh, if not necessarily your favorite conspiracy for uh, for the purposes of uh, you know the magic of podcasting? What's your favorite conspiracy? Uh, well, that would be the uh, the reptilian conspiracy. Ah, uh, the the reptoids, the shape the shape shift. Anunnaki. Okay. Chitauri, also right. known. And, so, and the big, the biggest sort of proponent of the, uh, of the 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 reptoid conspiracy is none other than David Ike. David Ike, the famous. He's he's quite charismatic. He, he really he really comes off as someone who you you want to believe him a little bit because he's like he's not he he seems like he is just sort of well I don't know you want to believe him if you're not a skeptic I guess so okay right I just I feel like. You know, have you ever seen this this documentary, the uh, the David Icke, the Lizards and the Jews? No, no. So, it's it's this John Ronson documentary. He's this British guy. He was on BBC. Right, right. And uh, he basically he follows David Icke uh, to some uh, book signing or something in Canada, and he looks at two sides of the thing where there's these, I, I don't know, these um, these these protesters who are against david ike and they want to hit him in the face with a pie okay uh, and they're also like organizing all these things with the anti-defamation league to keep david ike from speaking by saying that he's anti-semitic and uh y- y- you know when you watch that documentary you can totally understand why people buy into his uh his conspiracies because he comes off as the good guy like you know you you, you it was made by a skeptic john ronson you, right the whole idea is that it's supposed to be like, you know, he's obviously the nutbag, but you, you know, you see these people and they, they care so much about, you know, having this guy not say some ridiculous thing about lizards running the world that they would hit him in the face with a pie. And the other guy's just like, you know, I want to raise my kids and I want to prevent the lizards from killing everybody. (laughs) Right. I think in, uh, uh, John Ronson, he he sort of wrote it up for the Guardian. I think it's a two part series in the Guardian. You can you can find it no problem. Uh, I'll even you know post a link to it in, in the show notes. But it's a, yeah, yeah, it's it's a really fascinating read where, right where uh, people just sort of assumed you know because he kind of takes the protocols of the elders of Zion and basically sort of you know crosses out Zion and writes you know Anunnaki or something and and, and yeah, that's true. Yeah, and so I mean naturally a lot of you know uh, you know. People sort of go, I see what you're doing, but I mean, do you, do you think he's anti-Semitic, or what, in your opinion, what's? Uh... Uh, to, as far as I can tell, he doesn't seem anti-Semitic at all. In fact, he really just seems to me like one of these guys with hyper pattern recognition syndrome. Okay. okay. Where, like, if you listen to him on, I don't know, uh, what's a coast to coast with George Nuri or or any of his appearances, he basically. He hears any conspiracy out there, and he finds a pretty marvelous way to seamlessly fit it in with his current conception. So the reptilians are the same as the Satanists, which are the same as the 
you know, and they've infiltrated the Illuminati and the the, uh, the Jewish hierarchy and the Catholic Church and Islam, and so he manages to take every conspiracy that you could even imagine and just tie it all together in, in, in quite a. It's like he's weaving a tapestry of craziness. Right. Okay. And, and so, what, what's kind of at the core of his conspiracy? What, what's what's his what's his whole thing with with space lizards? Uh, right. Well, so what he believes is that uh, is that basically there's some them, you know, some big shadowy government or or uh, some big shadowy group, which are the lizard, the reptiles, and they're goal is so so actually specifically he believes that we're all multi-dimensional higher beings who have magical spiritual powers and that our ability to see the real world is being suppressed by the reptilians uh you know but he doesn't always say reptilians you know, sometimes it's the satanists sometimes it's the illuminati but the the general thrust of it is that they're using fluoridation and vaccines and harp and anything else that you could ever have a conspiracy about uh, to suppress our our magical abilities to see the world as it truly is and trap us in our physical bodies. Uh, and then they want to create a whole bunch of conflict because the reptilians feed off of negative emotions. Mm-hmm. And they, like, I guess the emotion of love is like a screeching horror to them, but pain is like food to them so they want to put us in pain by you know preventing us from seeing the beauty of the real world and by causing 9-11 and uh starting the war in iraq and i don't know any other thing that's unpopular with with the conspiracy people (laughs) and and of course i mean the uh when one first sort of hears about you know space lizards, one immediately thinks about V. Is 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 there a connection to V? So my understanding is that actually, I think V came out before the reptilian conspiracy, which I don't think helped matters much. But uh, my understanding is that um, is that Ike at least doesn't believe that that is the actual truth of V, but that there's probably someone up in the government who wants, who is trying to find a way to get the government uh, to get the information out, or maybe it's, you know, explanations vary, but it's probably also, you know, in his opinion, uh, that they want us to think it's ridiculous because it's a TV show. Right. And, you know, it's like, yeah, you believe in lizards, just like V. Right. As if people already don't think it's particularly ridiculous. Yeah. I remember, um, gosh, you know, uh, when the movie Men in Black came out. I mean, that was exactly what the, you know, people who thought there were real men in black, that's what they're sort of saying, that it was just a, uh, you know, it, it was sort of meant to uh, make us sort of laugh at the whole idea of men in black. It's like, you know, this info disinformation campaign or something like that. Actually, but, you know, but the other, the other, side of it is uh, i've never really heard about you know the idea that oh it's you're like somebody in the government is trying to get this information out i mean that's a that's an interesting that's an interesting you know way of spinning it as as well yeah i mean i think it might be a mixture though because they really do have a a view that the it seems a little inconsistent for the you know uber powerful government to let this you know tv show get out so (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I think they might they must be rationalizing it in a way that's like someone's trying to get the information out and the government isn't going to stop them because it creates this disinformation campaign situation. Well, sometimes when you have like, I mean, you know, TV movies that go through a cycle and, you know, suddenly UFOs are a hot topic. You know, Steven Spielberg makes a TV series or something like that. And, uh, you know, the UFO people always sort of claim that it's, it's, you know, it's, you know, this is the first step that the government is preparing us, you know, for the big announcement. And, and, and so therefore, you know, when Steven Spielberg comes out with, oh, what was that bizarre taken or something like that, you know, Taken is that's just going to prepare us for the big announcement that's going to follow, or or X Files was preparing us for the big announcement, and and uh, yeah. Anyway, so well, Paul, was a David Ike. What David Ike? I mean, hasn't always been sort of a conspiracy mongering, uh, or as they call him on the uh, 
podcast, Righteous Indignation, King of Bullshit. <laughs> but uh, but uh, David Icke he hasn't always been sort of a, a, a you know three you know three hammers short of a uh, of a set of hammers. Game war or something. I don't know where that metaphor could go. Three hammers short of a short of a gang war. What uh, what did he do before he was he was king of bullshit? Uh, so my understanding is that he was uh, originally some sort of a professional football player, and but that's like British terminology for right. professional soccer player. Um, and at twenty one, he had to retire because he had arthritis. Oh. Um, and then he became a, a sports journalist and then a sports presenter. Uh, and I think all this mixed together to get him into this new age mentality because in the early 90s, he started getting into new age medicine to try and cure his arthritis. Mm. And then he met with a uh, psychic. This is all basically from um, Wikipedia. So you know, I haven't met the guy or read his autobiography. Uh, but yeah, so he apparently... Um, met with a psychic who told him he was destined for great things. Uh, and then in, I think it was around 93 or 94, he went on television and claimed that he was, he had had a revelation and that he was in fact the son of God. Um, and that brought him some popularity, but also, you know, a good deal of ridicule because, you know, people don't assume that he's the son of God. Right. It's like claiming you're the reincarnation of Napoleon or something. It's one of those, usually one of those code words for like, cuckoo. Yeah, I mean, it, it's surprising that he didn't descend into some kind of a psychotic break, given, you know, that most people, when they start claiming that they're the son of God, they don't stay functional and, in fact, become more popular. Okay, all right. And uh, so, so it's, it seems that um, almost anybody in power, I mean, from, you know, Obama to, God, even, uh, what's it, Chris Christofferson or something. I mean, yes. he it's just sort of, really. right, yeah, he just sort of labels these people, they're all shape-shifting space lizards. Like, this is his, this is his, this is his theory, or his yeah. hypothesis. So, there, there's a good, there's a, there are a couple of different uh, reptilian conspiracies. One of them is that um, there are overlord reptiles who sometime in the past started breeding with humans and so the people who are currently you know in positions of power the british monarchy which is an awesome position of power like they can they can summon tabloids at, at will um, <laughs> uh the, you know the presidency in the united states these are all reptilian human hybrids who can change form between reptiles and uh humans um so in some, in some versions of the conspiracy, I think that the reptiles themselves can shapeshift. In other versions, only uh, the human-reptilian hybrids can shapeshift. Okay. And is there any evidence? What evidence do they claim they have that the people can shapeshift? Um, well, I mean, obviously, there, so there, there are two forms of evidence. One is these videos, which are somewhat popular on YouTube, which are claim to show people transforming into reptiles on television. And, you know, interestingly, when they do it on television, some of them are like newscasters on live television, and it doesn't like, ever become a story just on YouTube. Right. Like lo local newscasters even, not like, yeah. not like Ted Koppel or something. Yeah, I mean, it's basically anyone. They go on, they, the video gets on YouTube, and, it you know, it sort of looks like they become scaly, but really what it is, and this is, you know, pretty obvious to anyone who's familiar with uh, how, you know, or who has seen low-resolution videos. They're just compression artifacts. Right, yes. So there, there's that kind. And then the other kind of evidence are these anecdotes. Like uh, David Icke gives the uh, example that he was with some minister of something. I don't know. You know, some guy high up in the British government in a green room before they went on a television show. And the guy just never said anything the whole time. He didn't move and he didn't blink. And I just like felt this weird sense of panic and negative emotion. And then the guy looked at him and his eyes were completely black. And then it's just a bunch of stories like that. <laughs> right. And uh, I, I, Ike, he, he uses, uh, is it Ike that claims something about Anunnaki? What, what, what's this Anunnaki? Yeah, so, what's this Anunnaki thing? 
so there, there's a couple of there are a lot of basically the the nature of their the other part of their evidence for it is not just these like these people can shapeshift it's also they say that they have uh this um you know they they heard about the conspiracy and then they found all these records back in ancient religions that there are tons of religions that have reptilian gods who ruled them at some t- point in the past mm-hmm. and that you know this is clearly you know at some point reptiles walked among us and uh and were our rulers it's basically the plot of stargate um to, <laughs> you know, replace whatever kind of aliens in stargate were with uh with reptiles so I mean, I mean, gosh, you know, all these different cultures—they all have the same story of reptile overlords. Well, that's that pretty much settles it, doesn't it? Oh, certainly. I mean, <laughs> in my mind, I don't even know why we're having this conversation. This could be should be called the "Let's Kill the Reptiles" podcast. Oh, exactly. Well, we were. Our listeners won't know, but we were having strange audio problems uh, when we started trying to record this podcast. So it yeah. might be might be them, but. Um, so what what's the, what would be the problem with that claim that you know all these different all these different cultures through the ages have you know have made reference to say reptilian gods like Quetzalcoatl or something like that yeah i mean oh right so that that also i should probably just mention that should finish the story which is that one of the gods that are supposedly reptilians are these babylonian gods who i'm not even sure that they were actually reptilian in the original stories um that they were the, uh, they were called the Anunnaki. Um, right. So, I mean, there are a couple of problems with that claim, obviously. Right. Uh, one of them would be, it's certainly possible that, you know, just because a lot of, even if a lot of, um, cultures came up with the same myths, it's, there, there are two really plausible ways that this could happen. One, they come from a common culture who had some myth, which, you know, either they had, either they had to come from a common culture that was ruled by reptiles or they came from a common culture that just had a story about being ruled by reptiles. Right. Uh, the other problem could be that, you know, we're all humans. We kind of think the same way and we're in basically the same environment. So there's a sort of limited set of creative ideas that you could come up with. And, you know, reptilian humans is not so far out of the realm of creativity that you would imagine that no one would come up with it more than once. Right. Instead of going back to the idea of like you know, snakes, right? You know, we, we people seem to have a very primal fear of snakes. So, you know, why not make an evil god out of snakes and reptiles and stuff like that? It's yeah. I mean, I'm not even sure that Quetzalcoatl is a an evil god. I think he might be. I don't think he's particularly evil. Or is he? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just basing it on that. Did you ever see that movie Q with? Uh, one one of the Caradines, I think. L- long time ago, there was something. Oh, okay, this is going back to the eighties <laughs> when you were born. But uh, there was there was a movie called Q about sort of some guy sort of resurrects Quetzalcoatl in you know in Manhattan or something. Bit of a cult cult classic. I'll I'll post a link to it. But uh, yeah, you know, like creationists like to sort of point out that you know all these all these different cultures have you know flood stories and oh they're all so similar you know like a man makes a boat and saves his family and saves animals and stuff like that and you know therefore there was a flood you know there must have been a global flood but it's like well floods happen all over the world right and and you probably want to come up with a sort of a cautionary story that you know hey a flood might come so prepare for it and this is the best way to prepare for it you know maybe have a boat ready and figure out who you're going to save yeah it would be a lot more plausible if it were something that no one had ever heard of you know when if you say flood almost anyone has at least had their basement flooded you know you know what a flood is you know (laughs) if there were a bunch of stories about something crazy that we can't even think of you know well, obviously, I guess it wouldn't be so crazy because we would have all heard of it. But still, you know, it, it makes it, it makes more sense. It makes a lot more sense that something that is a common theme would show up in literature. Uh, you know, something that's common theme in our lives would show up in our literature than something that is, you know, something random. 
And uh, so, where, where, where do these where do these reptoids come from? I and mean, if they come from space, or they come from sort of you know the ninth dimension, or where do they <laughs> where? <laughs> Uh, so yeah, so from from what I've seen, uh, there are a couple of um, there are a couple of theories on that too. So the other big proponent of this reptile movement, well, there there are a couple now, but um, this other guy, John Rhodes, runs the Reptoid Research Center, which is just some website with a lot of pictures of CGI reptiles on it. Um, and he, so Rhodes believes that they were originally from Earth, uh, as far as I can tell, and were dinosaurs who never died and instead evolved into humans who, you know, started genetically engineering humans. Uh, I mean, they they evolved into humanoids. Um, And the uh, Ike believes that they uh, can't come from a star called Alpha Draconis, which is, uh, I mean, that's a real star. It's called Alpha Draconis. I'm not exactly sure why he would just pick the one that's the snake star. Makes Um, sense. But yeah, so... Uh, and I think they both believe the, uh, reptilians. They, they both believe that reptilians can leave the planet and have rocket ships and stuff. Uh, but they, I think they both also believe that reptiles live in a series of of caves under the planet, and that they can also exist in alternate vibrational states, whatever that means, um, and on other planets. Okay. Yeah, that whole that whole sort of idea of like, I mean, outside of the reptoids, I mean, a lot of sort of conspiracy people and UFO people, there, there's a whole mythology about you know, un, you know, underground cities and the government building stuff underground. We we sort of touched a bit on it with uh, Rich Orman about the Denver airport conspiracy. Um, yeah. Yeah, because I mean, a lot of times it's sort of like you know, they're supposed to be like, oh, you know, like. Are the reptoids eating people? Yeah, I, I think they're eating negative emotions, according to uh, David oh, okay. Ike. Okay. Well, it's like you know, like it's like you know, it, you know, millions of people are supposedly kidnapped and stuff like this. You know, and it's like, well, where are they? Right? You know, so the logical explanation is, well, if we can't find them on the Earth, they must be under the Earth. So they must be building chambers underground or something like that's kind of, you know the way they sort of explain it away. And of course, you know, there are things underground and there you go. Yeah. In fact, I, uh, I think so for my, uh, from, from what I found, you know, there's not a great, uh, unbroken lineage of David Icke says, Oh, I heard it from Bob that these reptiles were here. And, and Bob says, Oh, I heard it from Frank. And then we find the original guy because, you know, at each iteration, David Icke hears it from Bob and then he goes around and he looks in the, literature and uses his um his confirmation bias to find examples and then he think he you know he makes it seem like there were multiple lines of evidence that converged on reptiles uh but as far as i can tell one of the earliest uh examples of the modern conception of reptiles which is you know involves this ufo mythology and they're also involved with the gray aliens um and that uh the, one of the earliest uh, examples of that was this Thing, this conspiracy, which you know deserves its own podcast, called the the Dolce Base conspiracy. Okay, uh, and that is said to be this reptilian base that was carved out underground in Dolce, New Mexico, or I guess is near Mesa, New Mexico. Um, and, and during the fifties, when they were doing nuclear tests, the secret underground nuclear tests were actually just demolitions to create this giant underground base, um, <laughs> which. You know, is formed in some way like a Hopi, uh, something called a Hopi Kiva, okay. which feeds in with some earlier stories about Hopi Indian legends about reptiles. Okay, was there, there's some there's some poor guy that looks seems like he kind of invested some of his time and fortune or life trying to like find these caverns and excavate them or something. What? what was- so. There were, you're talking about this story in the in the in 1934. I don't know if it was uh, 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 Schufelt or something. Yeah, so I'm not even sure if that guy actually existed or if it was just a fabrication in that story. Because you know, as far as I can tell, there's just that one. The only source that I've seen is that one story. But there was the story in the in the 30s that, and this is I would say like the prototype for the current reptilian. Um, 
agenda thing. Uh, okay. So you know, I don't think it it doesn't share all the same elements with the UFO conspiracy. So I think there was some sort of mixing of, of this idea with UFO conspiracies after ufology became, uh, or ufology as they call it, became uh, more mainstream. And yeah, so there was this guy supposedly who went to, um, who was in L.A., and he heard some story from some Indian chief about there were these lizard people who could burrow through rock without, uh, without using any tools. They would just use a chemical and dissolve it. And they had built these catacombs. And apparently he went to this place and used this X-ray radio or radio X-ray device that he had made to map out some uh, catacombs. And in Brian Dunning's uh, Skeptoid episode on the matter, he concludes, and you know, I would agree with him since radio x-rays sort of doesn't make any sense. Uh, he concludes that basically the guy just had some kind of dowsing rod uh, <laughs> you know, with scientific patina and mapped out a catacombs. Uh, and apparently he drilled a hole that was 250 feet or 76 meters for you Canadians. Uh, okay. You know, went, drilled a shaft to try and get in there and then it hit the water table and just flooded. So it's, it seems to me also plausible that this guy wanted to drum up some investment money and made up a lizard story you know, uh, oh. to try and get money from New Agers. All right. I mean, even though I was recalling another conspiracy skeptic show uh, about the, uh, you know, the Satan panic, the, uh, you know, the Satanists are kidnapping your children. I mean, even in that sort of mythology, there are, you know, these underground caverns, too, that, uh, you know, where they're taking the children and stuff like that. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it you know, there's a lot of... Uh, a lot of sort of it almost seems like cross pollination between, you know, ufology, the you know the, the you know the Satan conspiracy people, and uh, and you know David Icke's you know rep- reptilian stuff. Yeah, I mean, if you think about it, once you're once you sort of get into the conspiracy thinking mindset, these these random conspiracies that come up, they're not, uh, they're not each of them any more plausible than the other one. And so if you're willing to accept one of them, you're probably willing to accept most of them and you have to alleviate that cognitive dissonance in some way. Right. Right. You know what I found most interesting, the, um, coming back to the John Ronson story where he, uh, uh, I actually sort of read his two part guardian article, uh, where he kind of followed David Icke. It was Vancouver. He went to, and, um, do do you remember what year that was? Uh, no, I don't. I don't remember the year. Okay, and uh, right, and, and sort of the Anti Defamation League and, and you know the Benet Brith or whatever in sort of Vancouver, they were kind of like waiting for him because they were they really thought he was like an anti Semite and and um, and then once he started going on like radio shows and stuff like that and sort of started talking, like like all these people who were immediately ready to sort of like tear him a new one, going, oh no, this you know neo Nazi guys inner mists, they, they were suddenly like going. Oh, oh, you know, he's not an anti-Semite. He's just against, you know, mega corporations and the government, and you know, sort of everything. Kind of, you know, Vancouver is like, uh, you know, our sort of. I mean, it shares a lot of the same thing with sort of America's West Coast, very sort of, you know, airy fairy and you know, New Agey and stuff like that. And so, uh, it was quite surprising how they kind of quickly turned against the, uh, you know, sort of the, uh, the the people are sort of. Calling me an anti-Semite, which, which again is sort of you know something they would be really behind. Like you know, we got to stop these, we got to stop these neo-Nazis kind of thing. And suddenly, once you started sort of talking their language of, uh, um, you know, you know, down with sort of you know big government and, and you know big business and stuff, they they quickly they quickly sort of switched to the side. So I mean, yeah. you know, what, why 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 is that kind of? I mean. To, in my opinion, it seems to me that that, is, uh, that really reflects the danger of overinflating claims against, uh, against you know, conspiracy theorists or, or whack, jo- whack jobs of any flavor, you know, which is that if you say that he's this vicious monster who hates Jews and stuff, if anyone but some skinhead with a swastika tattooed on his face shows up, mm. immediately you're going to be like, okay, well, let me reconsider you know, this, this guy seems perfectly nice. My main objection to him was that he was supposed to be this horrible person. And, you know, he's just basically, uh, you know, asking questions or whatever. 
right, right. I so, mean, you're right. He's 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 got you know gray hair, and he's you know he's he's very he's well spoken. He's got the nice British accent and stuff like that. And yeah, and he, like I said, he's he's a pattern recognizing machine. So you know he'll he can tie in whatever your perf- particular sacred cow is mm. into the conversation pretty easily. So you know if you're against vaccines, you can say, oh well. That's part of this larger agenda, and it's like, oh, he's making the pattern for you. Kind of like, you know, with pareidolia, when you when you show someone an image that, and it looks like nonsense, and then you tell them, look here for the face of Jesus. Immediately, it clicks, and you you see it. <laughs> right. So you now, a lot of people that sort of, uh, I don't know, follow him is the right word, but I mean, do these people? Do you think they sort of believe him about the space lizards, or do you think they just sort of go? Okay, the space lizards thing is a bit crazy, but but he's still he's still doing God's work, you know. He's still sort of in kind of the big tent approach, you know. Like, well, we don't agree with the space lizards, but what he's saying about all this stuff about you know, you know, one world government and mega corporations and vaccines and you know and uh, you know, HIV and all that sort of stuff that's you know that makes sense. Like, uh, I, I think it's a mixed bag. Uh, I actually went on his website they had a chat function and i you know i wanted to get a perspective on the conspiracy from actually his followers you know and they all seemed like reasonable people but most of them did actually believe as far as i can tell in the reptiles but <laughs> you know I, it's it's not clear that they were really like reptiles they were more like you know the people were like okay well they're aliens as long as you believe in aliens how horrible is it to believe in reptiles that's that's true yeah so there are some other you know there's there's also some fragmentation as far as i can tell in the conspiracy um community where um you know people who are on david ike's side are on david ike's side but then like the alex jones crowd is like oh you know he's he's saying all the same stuff we're saying but then he takes it to reptiles and everyone's like ah you're crazy and i think you know some some of those uh conspiracy people believe that Ike himself is a plant from the Illuminati to uh, make everyone, you know, think that conspiracy people are crazy because they believe in lizards, uh, while others just think he's actually a crazy guy who believes in lizards. And right. he, you know, but in either case, they think he should shut up about lizards and get to the real New World Order stuff. But that stuff's not crazy, obviously. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's 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 one thing I sort of love about UFOlogy is where. You know, uh, like like kind of like creationists kind of have this sort of big tent, and they all seem to sort of tolerate each other. Like I always like to use the example of like Jonathan Wells, uh, who is like a Mooney, and you know his his you know religious faith is almost you know insane to your average Christian. But Christians love him when he starts talking about creationism because he just seems to know what he's saying. You know, he doesn't, but he, you know, to them he seems like he knows what he's saying. Or um, you know, or uh, you know, even you know, Behe. You know, I mean, Behe believes in you know, old Earth and and evolution. You know, all the all the sort of stuff. But just sort of thinks like at some level, there's you know, well, God had to kind of do a little bit of this and a little bit of that. But everything about evolution's ninety nine point nine nine percent correct. You know. But you know they they still like Behe. So, uh, but then in the UFO crowd, it, it's just sort of yeah. Once you sort of deviate slightly from your idea of the way the world works, suddenly you become you know you become a disinfo agent or something. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean sometimes, but it, it all depends. I mean, I think part of the inclusiveness, the Big Ten inclusiveness, actually does come up here because like David Ike is on board with almost every other conspiracy and a lot of a lot of these people are there there's this absolutely crazy cult called uh i'm not, I'm not sure i'm pronouncing this right but new Waubianism that is just it's like a mixture of every like black power conspiracy and um um uh like every native american conspiracy and all these totally weird things um and they you know they bring in together the reptilian thing and the uh, the the greys conspiracy gray aliens. So I mean there's a good there's a good amount of overlap, but it's just 
when you start saying things that I, I think really the problem is that the conspiracy people and the UFO people where there's overlap is where reptilians are plausible. But if you are a, just a straight new world order, you know, maybe Minnesota militia sort of conspiracy theorist, mm -hmm. you are like, whatever, I don't give a shit about aliens. That seems crazy. Uh, whereas, you know, uh, and they're going to be like, okay, you're, you're crazy because you're making us look like jerks. <laughs> Obviously. Do you remember the uh, was remember Hail Bop Comet Hail Bop? Yeah, yeah. Well, there was a uh, gosh. I mean, I don't know how long the uh, how long ago someone sort of you know claimed it, but in, in sort of UFO lore on the internet, uh, you know, there's this whole thing about that you know that the, the Greys were going to are so not the Greys, but the the, the Reptoids were going to kind of come into the solar system in like an asteroid disguised as, as a spaceship. And, and apparently the, the greys kind of got here first and they were kind of warning us. They're like the reptoids enemies in the whole, you know, the whole sort of, you know, pantheon of, of, of sort of space aliens. But, but, uh, and then, um, you know, hale Bop was sort of coming into the solar system and then someone sort of thought they saw something behind hale Bop, like, Claiming there was a spaceship following in Hale Bob, and and that mapped on to the you know the whole reptoid thing quite quite well, or or maybe vice versa. So that 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 sort, that sort of gave the idea that there was there was a spaceship following the comet, kind of a lot lot of credibility. Yeah, and of course then those people killed themselves. The uh, Heaven's Gate. Yeah, yeah, the Heaven's Gate people. But yeah, I mean, any any other kind of like sort of little you know, kind of conspiracies uh, that that sort of kind of give credence to the, uh, the the reptoid thing. Well, I mean, I'm not I'm not really sure that it gives credence, but there's another uh, the 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 other. Well, so I've I've heard in a few places, mostly skeptical places, about this animosity between the greys and the reptoids, but I've also heard that. Um, that in fact the greys are a uh, another genetically engineered like basically humans are genetically engineered by reptoids but also greys are like the reptoids as worker bees right um, <laughs> uh, so you know they, there's there's a ton of mixing and again in the the newubianism they actually believe that there are 70 different species of genetically engineered greys as well as uh 16 different species of reptoids okay is this kind of their sort of uh, way, you know, because everybody has a slightly different version of what a space alien looks like. So, you know, so it, instead of sort of going, well, some people are just seeing things. They have to kind of go, everybody's seeing the real thing. So, you know, but to explain the differences, then they have to sort of go, okay, well, there must be 17 different versions of the greys and eight versions of the reptoids and there's purple people and you know and there's tall blonde space aliens and yeah i mean exactly like if you if you are allowed to say to someone who gives you a crazy story well let's think about it how likely is that then they're allowed to do the same thing to you so right at least they're being consistent sort of yes yes yeah it, it's it what's his name um Dr. Mark Chrislip, uh, who does Quackcast, like with the uh, the uh, sort of the alt med crowd, he always calls it sort of bi binary thinking. You know, uh, it, it's either it's either you know a cure all or it's poison, and uh, you know either it, it has to work a hundred percent of the time or it doesn't work. You know that they they're very much into binary thinking, and and, and that sort of seems you know apropos the uh, the uh, you know. The ufology people that that it's a very binary thing. Either everybody's telling the truth, or nobody is. And and since nobody is telling the truth, is unthinkable. Therefore, everybody has to be telling the truth. Yeah, I mean that's that's basically that's basically how it goes. I think. <laughs> you, you, you sort of see uh, David Icke. You, I mean, other than him dying of old age or something like that, do you see do you see him sort of. Uh, uh, Eventually losing his uh, his 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 little soapbox. You mean losing his uh, like people not paying attention to him anymore, or yeah, ex ex exactly. People sort of not paying attention to him anymore. 
you know, other than him possibly retiring, I don't think that that would ever happen. Uh, because, you know, for one thing, I, I think he honestly believes that he is out there fighting the good fight. You know, he's one of the, the few enlightened ones who are, you know, I mean, basically, he thinks he's the protagonist in V. Uh, right. There's, none of those protagonists are going to retire and right. be like, oh, well, reptiles. Uh, and, you know, additionally, I don't think at any point anyone's going to stop listening to him because his audience is sort of, I, I don't think there's really anything that his audience can't uh, explain away. You know? Right, yes, yes. Like, Plus, like one big thing about this is they don't really make that many factual claims. That's true too. Yeah, like what could they claim? Right, <laughs> we have some little, like little lizard scales we'd like to you know have genetically analyzed. Yeah, I mean they actually they don't make the mistake of you know the doomsday cults where they say you know April seventeenth, twenty fifteen. That's it. And if it doesn't have you know that's a really testable claim. You just wait until April seventeenth happens, and then if the world's still there, right. But these. They're making more vague claims about super powerful people who are preventing us from being able to see them. You know, uh, they have some evidence that you can look at, but you know, if you're looking at it, if you're looking at it with an eye towards "I want to believe in this conspiracy," then you're going to be able to believe in it. Well, it's like what um, what's that sort of fallacy where uh, it's sort of the example is you know, if you ask some, if you, if you, if you sort of give let's say a child like two explanations why it why it rains you know if you give them the very scientific explanation you know uh condensation or whatever or if you say you know to make plants grow you know children will always pick well to make plants grow you know why why are there rocks you know because of you know certain geological processes or you know it gives bears something to scratch their butt on, you know? Oh, it gives bears something to scratch their butt on. So it's a, was it te- 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 teleological? Yeah, teleology. I mean, yeah, yeah. Sort so, of Aristotle's uh, conception of final causes and that everything has uh, like an immediate cause and a final cause. And the final cause was when, um, is the, the purpose. Right, not- yeah. So it seems to me sort of that, the, you know, David Icke is basically giving people that he's he's not he's not saying, well, you know, this is how the American government operates, or this is how you know the International Monetary Fund operates. He he's sort of giving you know almost a theological sort of or, or maybe narrative sort of fallacy, where it's like he's just spinning a very nice narrative, and you know, this is why this happens, this is why this happens, this is why this happens, and people are going, oh, okay. You know, it's giving people something to. Yeah, I I would say is he's providing agency in the world. Yes, which is you know, it's a source of reason. I mean, it's the same sort of thing that you see with these evolution, evolution, anti-evolution people. You know, where they they don't want to believe that there's just stuff that happens and that's the way things are organized. It has to be, you know, someone. Get you know set this in motion, or you know, someone has to be doing this for a reason. There's just not wars between countries. Why would people start killing each other for no reason? It's got to be someone wanted that to happen. Exactly. Any, anything else you, you kind of want to add about D- David Icke or the, the the reptoids? Yeah. Well, it, just the one other thing that I, I don't think we touched on was this this whole idea of bloodlines. Ah, oh, right. Yes. Okay. Which is a it's a big part of the Ike conspiracy, and I think it you know it bleeds over into like the Bilderberger conspiracy and also the Protocol of Zion and all this nonsense, mm-hmm. uh, which is you know basically the idea is that all the people from all the people who rule the world have sort of a common set of ancestors, uh, you know like everyone's descended from the British royal family or. You know, Bush one and Bush two are related, and they're all third cousins with Al Gore or whatever. Um, and you know, this they take as evidence for a reptilian conspiracy because you know, obviously, why would they all have to be related? It's because they're hybrids. <laughs> the, the progenitor of each of these lines is a reptile. Um, but right, so I, I would say that there are. So in terms of critical thinking, there are a couple ways you can approach this. The first thing you have to ask about a claim like this is, is it true, right? Is it true that there are preferred bloodlines? 
Um, you know, and even if these people are, uh, all cousins of one another, or if you trace it back 50 generations, uh, you're going to get, you know, some relationship between every world leader Sure. that, you know, that has to, that that's not considered a preferred, it shouldn't be considered a preferred bloodline unless the same clustering behavior is not observed in the general population. Right. You know, so I can't, because I'm not anyone fancy who has any power, I can't possibly be related to any world leader right now right. in this conception. And so it seems unlikely that this sort of clustering behavior would not happen given the nature, the exponential nature of ancestry. So I did a little math before the podcast. Um, so, you know, you have two parents, mm-hmm. four grandparents, eight great-grandparents, 16 great-great-grandparents. And so that's, that means in each generation above you, you Doubles. have two... What? Doubles. Yeah, so you have two to the N, uh, great to the N grandparents. Okay. Right? So if you go back 20 generations, just in that generation, assuming no inbreeding, you would have one million great times 20 grandparents. Right. Over that. Uh, you know, and then that's not even including all the lines in between them. That would be like over two million. Just 20 generations. Uh, and obviously there's not a unique set of 1 million people for, uh, you know, 20 Everybody. generations ago for each one person. You know, right. That would mean that our population would be getting smaller, but it's getting bigger. So clearly there has to be a lot of overlap uh, going back further and further in generations. And in fact, there's probably a great deal of inbreeding because, you know, if you go back 100 or 200 generations, then everyone has to be related. But there, it's probably more the case that uh, there are uh, founder effects and bottlenecks and things like that. But still, it's not at all uh, unfeasible that a bunch of white guys would be related to each other within 10 or 20 generations. Right, yes. I, I, I think every time uh, like an American you know, president takes office, there's always some sort of genealogist out there that sort of finds out, oh, this guy is like related to the queen this way or something like that. Yeah, I mean, you could probably do that with anyone. You just there's this selection effect that right, exactly. no one gives a crap that Bob Smith down the road is related to the Queen forty times removed. Exactly, or, or me or you, right? No one is going, hey, you know, ooh, you know, Paul's going to be on conspiracy skeptic. He is, you know, yeah, f- related to the Queen, you know, as you know, a thirtieth cousin or something like that, right? Yeah, I mean, though I am directly related to Tom Selleck in that I look awesome with a mustache. That's is that a real mustache? Uh, well, I don't know. A lady never tells, and a gentleman never rapes her, or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, uh, people are going, "What?" Yeah, your Facebook picture uh, you've got is really awesome picture. It looks like you were from some seventies cop show or something. Your 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 Facebook picture. Yeah. Well. Okay. So. This is a, this is a uh, conspiracy skeptic exclusive All right. for, for Carl uh, okay. and his very curious Facebook friends. Uh, that is not a real mustache. All right. It is, it is from a, a mustache shop in L.A. Okay. Someone, someone asked you on my Facebook, they're like, they're like is your mustache real? And your, your, your reply was, it's as real as you want it to be, which, <laughs> which I thought was very, it's very zen, you know? <laughs> I mean, you know, you don't want to spoil this for people. You want my mustache to be real. I, I wanted it to be real. Now, One it's like, day. <laughs> it's, it's like suddenly finding out there's no, there's no Santa Claus. Yeah. So, um, right. But so the other thing, just the, going back to this bloodlines thing, the, the last thing that I would say, and I don't think this, this is a major effect, is there's also a more plausible explanation than reptiles did it. Uh, which is that there's some sort of selection effect where if you are the king of Spain, your son is way more likely to be the king of Spain than a random peasant would be. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it sort of makes sense that power, you know, people in power would try to consolidate that power, uh, you know, and so you would maybe get a, clus- a a higher level of clustering without any reptilian interference. But, 
you know, both of these stories are sort of messy and it's like, oh, nothing special. It's just a coincidence. And so these are not the sort of stories that conspiracy people want to tell themselves. All right, Paul. Uh, I guess, you know, the final question. Uh, what's, your, what's, your favorite, um, what's your favorite small kitchen appliance? Yeah. So, I mean, you asked me if I wanted to do this show over six months ago. Right. Yes. And, uh, <laughs> well, I've been, I've been, let's just say I've been doing a lot of research for it. Yeah. To say that I've also been procrastinating a lot. No. And the thing I've been researching the most is this question about the, the kitchen appliances. Okay. Uh, so I've, I've gotten a whole bunch and I've, I've come, I've narrowed it down to two answers. All right. So that's fine. If the question is which, uh, small kitchen appliance would you uh, get if you could only get one? Basically. Okay. Okay. Uh, like on a des- say, like on a desert island. Right. You know, if, if you're if, with electricity. Yeah. What's the most useful one? I would say microwave. You know. Okay. I, I need a microwave. Yeah. Uh, but if it's what prepares your favorite food, then it's my slow cooker. Ah, uh, it's like kind of like a it's like a crock pot or yeah, crock pot. Okay. Yes. Very nice. Do you, what, what do you cook in your crock pot or your slow cooker? Uh, mostly pulled pork or beef stew. Yeah. Yeah. It just makes the meat so tender. <laughs> I should. I should get. I should get one of those because I'd, I'd like to start making a lot of pulled pork and stuff like that. Oh, yeah, I highly recommend it. I mean, cool. You just pop it in there in the morning, and you come home and you have a bunch of food. Oh, sweet. All right. And uh, so I guess you, you don't have any kind of like – you don't have a website or anything. People can check you out. Not really. I had a, I had a blog briefly, but you know, I think uh, – I guess I'm not the sort of person who can maintain uh, creative output like that for a long time. Okay. Now, you, you, you kind of wrote up a whole little thing about the uh, uh, you know, David Icke and the reptoids. This is, and uh, we, we actually use Google Wave to, uh, <laughs> to interact. Who knew it had a use? Uh, is it okay if I sort of post that up on my, on my site? You know, I'll give you credit. Oh, yeah. give it Definitely. Stuff. That, was, that was the main reason I okay that and also just so I could, uh, just so I could do it and uh, – and make sure I knew all this stuff, but definitely. Yeah. Okay. Okay. You'll, you'll save me a lot of time preparing the show notes for, for this thing. Yeah. Uh, no. And I, I do recommend to any of your listeners to try and find uses for wave because it's actually a really nice interface. I just, uh, there are just a couple little things that would make it more convenient. Like, uh, if you could, if you could integrate it into a chat or something, that would be fantastic. Ah, okay, yeah. You can't really you can't really do sort of chatting through 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 Wave. Yeah, I mean you can a little bit, but it's a little harder. You know, you don't get the notifications, and okay. you know, you, it feels a little more formal. Okay, I was going to ask. Um, you're, I mean, longtime SGO board users will remember a user. He, he went by the name Iron Man, not the real Iron Man. Uh, and you, you're 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 friends with Iron Man. Uh, yeah. Okay, and uh, so he was a very he was very creative. He was an Austra- Australian. He was a very creative guy. He was, he was quite good with Photoshop, and I always did these really amazing kind of little Photoshop montages that were really funny and and deadly accurate. And, and he seems to sort of disappeared, but he, he's not dead or anything, right? He's still kicking. No, he uh, he's definitely not dead. He's got a YouTube channel and. Uh, that I think people, you know, may or may not be interested in. Uh, I think it's called Iron Man Australia. Uh, but no, I think he just uh, he's he got tired of the the forum atmosphere. So okay. uh, I, I think I know that there are quite a few projects that he's got um, in the can, you know, like in the, in his head. And I know that I'm going to be collaborating with him on a couple of these if they don't turn out to be ephemeral, like my blog. Um, so, but you know, I think people can definitely look forward to some good stuff from Iron Man. Okay, that's great. Okay, yeah, I'll definitely post a link to his his YouTube channel, right? So the the old SGU people, if you if you're wondering what happened to Iron Man, well he's still alive and and uh you're his pal. <laughs> yeah. Great. Okay. All right, well th- thanks Paul. And right, uh, cool. Okay, well have a have a good night. All right, you too. All right, bye-bye. Bye.